Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. This is your host, Sophia Renea Morales, and today we are going to discuss how intimacy is possible on all levels. Uh, but before we swing into that with our guest, I would like to invite you to become more intimately acquainted with your own self. I have put together this wonderful quiz called the Superpower Quiz, and I've had some reaction from people going, oh, well, that's for gifted people. I should not take that. Um, I'm here to, I, I want to say newsflash, but let's not even go that far. I would like to invite you to consider that perhaps you might be more gifted than you realize. And I would invite you into a moment of curiosity. Uh, and it really only takes a moment to go through the quiz. You can go to superpowerquiz.us and open the door a little bit to possibility that you might actually be a gifted person. So on that note, I will swing over and I would love to introduce our guest for today. Bella Rose has a vision for an intimate, generous, playful, and purposeful marriage in every family. She's an internationally acclaimed author, an intimacy coach, and founder of the Delight Your Marriage podcast, heard in 155 countries worldwide and awarded in the top 30 relationship podcasts four years in a row, Woo! and is in the top half percent of the most popular podcasts out there, which is saying something. Bella coaches people with decades-old marriages where they feel less less like lovers and more like roommates, and she helps them become playful, passionate, and loving with each other again. Even working with prominent marriage counselors and therapists on their own marriages and intimacy, and after four plus decades, they're back in their honeymoon stage again. She coaches one-on-one -on -one and groups of men or women to become more unified in their marital marital intimacy. <laughs> that's, that's harder to say than I would have expected. <laughs> and loving in the way that their spouse receives love. So welcome, Bella. I'm so happy to have you with me here today. Oh my gosh, the pleasure's all mine. Thank you. So I know you didn't come out of the womb as this am amazing, insightful, inspiring reviver of marriages. So tell me what life was like before. Yes, yes. And I just love even your encouragement about everyone having their superpower. You know, I think that that's a huge insight. And for me, it definitely came out of a struggle. And um, it usually does. The best gifts get wrapped up in the shittiest wrapping paper. You're right. So the next time a big stinker comes along, hold your nose and just dive right in because but, there's something in there that will be just profoundly incredible for you. Mm, mm, there it is. There it is. Well, yeah. So, uh, it, I mean, it started for me when I was, you know, I, I talk about sex all day long. So um, I think, it, you know, as a society, we we don't talk about it enough. And when I was growing up, I'll, just like most of my clients, they didn't learn about sex from, at least in a healthy way, from their parents, if at all. And 
for most of us, we didn't have role models that had a marriage that we would aspire to um, at all. I think in my whole life, I think there were two couples that I would like to have the marriage like them. Like that was it my whole life. So um, when I met uh, the first person who was interested in me, wanted to be my boyfriend and ultimately wanted to marry me, I went with him and and did. Um, and uh, I grew up as a Christian. And so I saved my virginity till I was married. Um, and then sex was really, really bad. Oh, how very <laughs> disappointing. I how? saved myself for this. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> It was so bad. It was it was physically painful, um, but worse, it was emotionally painful. Um, sadly, he didn't he didn't know how to love me the way that I wanted to be loved. I didn't know how to love him the way that he wanted to be loved. So he unfortunately was kind of at a spot where he was disappointed that I didn't know anything about sex. I was disappointed that he wasn't thrilled that I saved myself, that we that you were completely naive and he could teach you whatever he wanted. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Lucky him. But at the same time, I was kind of, you know, prudish, if you will, about it all. Like, I don't I don't know if that's bad or if we're allowed to do that or, you know, you yeah. saw that on pornography. So I'm not going to do like that. That and- might be sinful and unholy. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um and so we were just constantly uh, fighting. And so sex was one of the major topics. Um, but some of the topics had to do with me criticizing, but then he would come right back and criticize me. And we just had this culture of criticism. And so yeah, and you end up in the, like this backbiting cycle in some ways. Yes. Yes. And how how can you be your best self when every time you kind of try to do anything, you're scared that the other person is going to attack you for yeah. just being you? And I know for myself, sex is an extremely vulnerable place. And the last thing I want to do is like open up and try something new or adventurous and then get criticized for it. Oh, my God. You know, it's just yeah. straight to the heart. Yes, yes. And, and you know, I think what happens, unfortunately, so often is men think that uh, they think they're being helpful by giving suggestions or advice or why don't you try this or that. And, and all that said to my insecure heart was, I'm not good enough. I can't do this right. Um, you'll never be satisfied. Uh, you know, I no matter what I do, you won't be happy. And so, then I clam up even more. I don't like, I'm yeah. not going to give you anything if you're not going to be grateful for what I give you. Yeah, absolutely. As opposed to, oh, that was amazing. I know that was a stretch for you and I've really enjoyed it, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, that's all it would take. And I'd be happy to do that again and try something else. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yes. Um, so yeah, so it was painful. It was so painful. And it was Years of this, this strife and struggle and anger and loneliness, even though we're married, you know, feeling that pain and uh, so much disappointment, like you said, uh, of I waited for this, I saved myself for this, and it's desperately disappointing. So we, yeah, um, well, and I think probably my loneliest point in my life was actually when I was in the marriage with my husband, mm -hmm. um, because... I was 
I was ashamed. He was also isolating, which doesn't help anything. But um, I, I've never been lonelier than I was mm. in that uh, accompanied situation. I I felt less lonely after I left that marriage and was quote unquote alone because I didn't have to hide myself. I could just be me. I could go out with friends. I could do all these things that I wasn't able to do previously. It actually turned out to be a less lonely situation. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's so true. And, and I can completely uh, empathize with that as in the same, same way. Um, and and that's, you know, as we mentioned, I mean, that's why when I come alongside someone who is so suffering, I just, I feel for them so deeply. It's such a desperate feeling. Um, and I was there. And so for me, I did divorce and I did um, throw in the towel and say, you know, I, I can't do this. Um, Got a question for you. Yeah. Because I know a lot of us, struggle with that decision to separate to not to separate and there are always a ton of factors that go into it kids are obviously a huge complicating factor um what kind of brought you down on the side of you know what i have to end this yeah well i think one major thing that happened was um though we were definitely in a spot of emotional abuse and even spiritual abuse he was way more mature that way than than I was. And unfortunately, he well, is it mature or is it immature? <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. He, he, You're older, right. older, perhaps. <laughs> yes, you are so very right. Yes, that's right. Um, his knowledge was more whether or not he was living it out. Well, it's not. Yeah. Um, but I perceived it that way. So, yes. um, but we had gotten to a spot where uh, we were in the car. I remember it just so vividly. We were in the car, in the driveway. I was asking him to get out of the car. He was holding my arms. And I guess we were making enough of a commotion that the neighbors called the police. <gasps> oh, that will be a wake up moment. That uh, was, yes. So police came, knocked on the door. What's happening here? And as much as I could, you know, during this entire time, no one knew what was going on. No one knew dynamics. No one knew what was going on. And so I just pretended and pretended, tried to get them to leave. No, everything's fine. Da, 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 da. And they, no, they weren't having it. So they mm -hmm. wouldn't, they wouldn't leave until they saw me drive away. Um, and so that, yeah, that amidst other moments, but that was one that was just like, I need a break from the marriage. Yeah. I and need that's some peace. Probably actually a blessing that they stayed until you two were physically separated, you know? Yeah. Because I recently on the news, there's been this thing about the girl with the travel trailer who was going to v blog her video thing. And she and her boyfriend went across the country and he came back without her with the travel trailer. And they had one of those situations where the police were called, but apparently the police left them together. Ah, oh. yeah. Oh my gosh. Not, not cool. So yeah, as awkward as it is, it's probably a beautiful thing because right. people do insane things when they're in those heightened emotional states. Right, right, right. So, you know, so I don't know how much you know, my particular situation, we didn't have kids. Um, 
that was a, a blessing because I don't ever have to see him again for my whole life, right? Yeah. Um, that is a huge blessing, but it is a big deal um, when you have children. It, it because no matter what, whether you're on this side of divorce or the other side. Um, you will always be in their life. They will always be in your life, whether it's graduation or a wedding or this or that. It will, even if the kids are out of the house, like there's still awkward moments of who's going to the grandkids' uh, birthday party. Like there is yeah, always and, the case. And can you have both of the exes at the party together? Oh, Do you my need gosh. to have separate or, yeah, I know. I negotiated that with my parents for quite a while too, because my parents did separate when I was younger. And for myself, I wish they had separated sooner mm. because the atmosphere in the house was living in a state of detente the entire time. Mm. And it, it could be just any little thing, any little moment, it would just like explode and become this huge drama. Mm. And for myself, I personally wish they had decided to separate sooner. But mm. they, mm. you know, Back in, it's back in the day. You don't really do that unless it's really, really bad. And there's a lot of social pressure and yeah. expectation that you will work it out for the sake of the kids. Well, so... Uh, anyway, so I know. You, well, so you decided. <laughs> well, but I did want to mention only because I, I hear you um, and I hear so often from husbands and wives, they're in that exact predicament of, oh, yeah, should we, should we not? What is? And I want to say, if I had known what I know and what I teach now, I would not have gotten to the place that I got to with my first husband. And I think we could have shifted things. I really yeah. do. I, I think it didn't have to happen, which is why I'm so passionate about this work. Thank God we didn't have kids. But if we had kids, I think this, if I knew this back then, he and I both could have transformed ourselves. And, th and that's what the work is all about, is transforming yeah, yourself. Exactly. To change the actual relationship. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So this meltdown and the police yes, getting called yes. was kind of the thing that pushed you over the edge. So yes. where, where'd you go from there? You decided, okay, we're going to split. Yes. And then I decided... We are not, uh, I don't need to save myself for marriage anymore. I'm going to go figure out this sex thing. There you go. <laughs> I just, that was, you know, I've just, I'm, I'm, you know, at that point, what I had decided in my head was sex is not spiritual. Like I had always been taught sex is simply about power, simply about adventure. It's getting men to do what I want. I can seduce any man I want to. I can have all the power I can. And, and ultimately after a while of that. Um, <laughs> well, it's another aspect of sex to explore, right? <laughs> <laughs> sex it is used many ways. <laughs> many, many facets of that powerful thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So uh, ultimately, though, I did get my heart broken through that as well. You know, there were just, mm -hmm. it, it is connecting. There was, there's no way to deny what I was experiencing as much as I wanted it to be no strings attached, just having and fun, just all that. physical, wonderful pleasure. Yes. <laughs> it, it was, I was just, I was getting enmeshed with all of these humans because it, it was spiritual. Um, 
And then, you know, I, I wrote one of those lists of must have these qualities, can't have these qualities. Um, and within a, a couple of months, I, uh, I met this guy who had all the characteristics, the values that I wanted mm-hmm. in I a man. I think the values are far more important than almost anything else you can put on the list around like finances or or how he looks or or what he says he wants. The values that are actually lived out is what makes for the compatibility. Oh my gosh, 100%. I mean, I could be wrong. <laughs> But so far, my experience points that way. <laughs> yes, yes, and and it was it was amazing. Um, and and what this man did. Now, at that point, I understood how men think about sex. I I had that okay thing checked so off. So, kind of fill us in on that because I don't know that all of us are aware of how men think about sex as opposed to how we women think about sex, which is spiritual and bonding and nurturing and part of the whole, you know, relationship building. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I'm glad you asked because I hear in my work, uh, I work one-on-one with men and then in group settings with men. Um I hear constantly, I mean, over and over again, today in a testimonial yesterday, constantly that I know how men think. So uh, I'm happy to divulge the other side here. Um, But it's really about, they want their wives to want to make love. Um, They want her to want to be there. They want I want you to want me. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Yes. Yes, they they want to see her visuals that only she has. They want to see, they want the lights on. They yes. want her to have, yeah, enthusiasm in her face. They want her to desire his member and love yes. his members. And um, not to go, ooh, that nasty old thing. <laughs> I know, that's his most favorite part of his whole body. And he yes. wants you to love it. There's a reason <laughs> they call those the crown jewels. That's right. <laughs> Okay, so let's put a pin in this because we're coming up on our first break already, but I want to get the rest of this definition and then hear how the rest of your story plays out right after we come back from the break. So if you're out there listening to us, uh, we are so pleased to have you with us. And I would like for you to take your pen and take your paper and spend a few minutes around sex and what sex means to you and how you feel like it fits into a relationship in your mind, in your values, in your experience as a woman, as a man, whatever it is. Get really clear about what that is for you and hang with us. We'll be right back from the break. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Hey, beautiful soul, Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. 
tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Go to tellzofia, that's T-E-L-L-Z-O-F-I-A.com. Drop me a quick note and let me know. How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's tellzofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. Do you feel you have a bigger life's purpose than you're currently living? Of course you do. Activate your passion as you tune in to Sovereign Self with host Sophia Renea Morales. Become the conscious creator of your own life. Connect with your most powerful and purposeful self in order to make big things happen for you now. Sophia and her guests are doing this every day and are sharing how you can step into this power too. Listen to Sovereign Self every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I'm still here with Bella Rose. And we are digging into relationships, marriages, making them bloom and flower and prosper. And we're talking about the differing uh attitudes, understandings, and definitions around what sex is and how it should play into all of that. And we were exploring the male side, since most of my audience is female, we're assuming you already get that. (laughs) (laughs) So picking up where we left off, he wants you to want him. He wants you to appreciate him and, and all of his body parts. Yes, yes, specifically his member. <laughs> I feel like I have to I have to clarify because sometimes when yes. we're like, oh, well, I pinched his butt. He must know that I like his body. I'm like, well, that's good. That's playful. Yeah. That's party. You know, that's a- <laughs> that's wonderful. But Bill wants you to love on Bill Jr. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, yes. And, you know, um, it's insecure. It's it's vulnerable um, for us to share these these things, and and it's scary to approach his member and to um, even to be seductive and even to show our body. It's it's vulnerable. It's scary, and that's okay. And I just want you to know that's so normal. And you are going to feel silly before you ever feel sexy in front of him. <laughs> And you know what? Sometimes even silly, though, is amazing good sex. I mean, my husband and I laugh so much and it helps to dispel that awkwardness if you can just laugh and enjoy it. Yes, it's so true. And and I love that. So lean into the silly. (laughs) Yes. And it's evidence of your relationships outside of the bedroom has to be playful, has to be fun, has to be silly in order for it to permeate into the bedroom. 
So you can experience that as well. Yeah, that's true. If you never laugh together, that's not the place probably to start. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That's right. But yes, and he wants the fierceness and he wants you to seduce him and he wants to see your body. You know, he married you for a reason. Yes, maybe we've all gained the extra however many pounds since the wedding day. So what? Well, yeah, my body has been so many different shapes and sizes (laughs) since we got married. And I've got to say, I, he loves me. It doesn't matter what the body looks like. He loves me. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And I am exactly in that spot too. I have been all over the map with, uh, with, with body shape and that, and that's natural, right? Yeah. But especially uh, when you're female, right? Because we're designed to expand and contract and give birth and do all of these dramatic things. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And we have the curves throughout all of it. We never lose the curves. Maybe we've added a couple inches to the curves everywhere. But right. We- <laughs> and some of them are bigger than others at different times and smaller at others, but it's, it, we're supposed yeah. to be around. <laughs> yes. And he loves them. He, lo- he wants to see them. He craves them. You know, it's so interesting. I just got off a, a call just, I don't know, a half hour ago or so from a, a gentleman who's just a good man, a great at his job. He's so kind. He's so friendly, all this. And he's tearing up speaking to me about his wife not sharing intimacy with him and how that grieves him, how that makes him so sad. And he's not alone. This is a constant refrain from the men I work with is they want frequent intimacy. It's Mm -hmm. actually how they feel loved by their wife. It's how they feel loved. It's their heart. It's not they're some pig or they're uh, oppressive of women or any of these things. It's just, it's just the way they were designed to feel loved. Literally, chemically, oxytocin floods their system when they have an orgasm, and it doesn't happen any other time. Like for us, we in, with a hug or a long yeah, conversation, a snuggle, or, or yeah, some other form of connection. <laughs> yeah. Fill in the blank. Yes. But for men, it's, it's so extreme right at the moment of orgasm. And, and, you know, from my convictions, that's the way they were designed. Um, This is no mistake that their member is right there in front of them. And every time they touch it, they get uh, pleasure and okay, really, you might know this already, but I'm not sure. Um, I, I always I love sharing it because it's so important. But the average man, on average, has okay. about 11 erections every day. Wow, that's a higher <laughs> number than I realized. I mean, because I, you know, we're all familiar yeah. with the morning wood. Oh, yes, we are. You know, <laughs> and it, it, it pops up at odd times, but I've never realized it was that frequently. That frequent. And there's four different reasons a man could get an erection. All One right. is, as you mentioned, the morning erection. Systems check. That's what I call that one. That's a systems check. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. That's a good one. Yes. The other is uh, reflexive erection. So something touching it. So whether it's uh, his own hand or bumping up against a trash can, like that can cause blood to get in there, Um, start flowing in there. The next, the third one is the psychosomatic one where he's thinking about something or he sees something, something in the mind triggers. Sets him off. Yeah. Like any of the commercials on TV lately, it seems like. Oh my gosh, yes, yes. And then the fourth one, or even a memory, right? A memory, yeah, something exactly. in the brain that's doing it, yep. Um, and then the fourth one is random. 
random erections. And the reason is, is for that member to be nice and healthy. It's got a, the only time uh, the penis gets blood in and out is when it's erect. Otherwise, a flaccid penis has no blood. So that means it's got to stay healthy. And so blood has to be coming in and out to give the nutrients and take out out the metabolic waste. Yeah. So periodically it has to do this. It's maintenance. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And the healthy penis also has erections throughout the night, multiple erections up and down throughout the night. So, um, and that's also the same category of the morning erections. So, um, So, yeah, I hope that normalizes this idea of um, every time he has an erection, it's pleasurable. Every time he has an erection, he notices. Every time he has an erection, he wants to use it. It, So the thought (laughs) is... I don't want it to go to waste. Yes, my first husband would use that one a lot. It was, oh, geez, Louise. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely... And, and and my encouragement is not to have 11 uh, sessions of sex every day. Just to be clear, dear women, I am not encouraging that. I would never do such a thing. Even every day, I think, is way too much. But um, what I would say is that hopefully that gives you some grace for the man you're, you're living with is that um, his desire is um, physiological, like he's designed that way, and it's emotional. Yeah. Um, and so what... What I think we miss so often for women as women is that um, I'm loving my husband through my body. This is Mm -hmm. me loving him. So many times I I talk to husbands and they're like, she thinks loving me is doing the laundry or taking care of the kids or even making dinner. Knock it out this week so that he can check off the box. Yeah. Right. And the, and the truth, the truth is that, I mean, this is what's most important, like priorities of what makes him feel loved. This is off the charts. Most important to him is wholehearted, what I call wholehearted sexual connection, wholehearted. Yes. Um, And there's, yeah. So, so, you know, it very specifically what I teach women to make a man feel loved is, is respect. Number one, Number two is admiration. He wants to have that cheerleader. He still wishes yes. he was the quarterback and his. And you're the you were the cheerleader on the side. Exactly. <laughs> yes, it's great. And the final one is wholehearted sexual intimacy, wholehearted sexual intimacy. Um, and then on the flip side, uh, what I love is, um, is when one side really fills the other, um, then it's almost a natural response to want to respond with love. Um, and so for, yeah. for the wife, what she is craving is, is to feel known that she is mm-hmm. unique. She's amazing at who she is, is unlike yeah, any other woman not out there. to be compared with the waitress and the whatever. Yeah, exactly. No, look at me and tell me I'm your Venus. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And, and um, to be safe, right? To be listened to and, and cared about and you're emotionally safe, right? That you, right. That, that he wants to feel your, hear your feelings and cares about your day and wants to, to hold you when you're crying. Yeah, exactly. And the third okay. one, I'll just mention third, my Give third, me the third one. The then third I want to finish your story. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, here we go. Okay. Third one is wholeheartedly cherished. When she feels yes. the romance and the surprises and he really wants to be there um, yeah. to make her feel special. Brings her a little something for no reason at all, not because he's 
feeling bad or feels like he has something to make up for. Yes. 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 So, okay. You've had a bad marriage. You divorced. You explored your sexual siren side. <laughs> and then got serious about who you really wanted to partner with. So tell me how it unfolded. How did you know, A, he was one you wanted to pursue more connection with? And B, how, how do you land him? Some guys yeah. are resistant. And is that a problem? Wow, that's a good point. I haven't thought about that in a long time. Yeah, it, it, it did take some work. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Um, yeah. So I, uh, you know, sexual intimacy was was great from the whole from the get go uh, with him. And what I didn't recognize was because I was so generous in that area. He was so naturally generous in all these other areas um, for the time that we were dating. Like he I have never felt so safe before and listened to and cared about in all of my baggage and pain and abuse that I had suffered, um, God really healed me through his love. And he was so fueled by my sexual passion towards him. It was so easy for him to do that. It was a natural response for him. Um, and then, yeah, we, uh, we entered marriage because um, uh, just circumstances happened that it was just like, now is the time we better either do this or we're not like what are yeah. you know and um <laughs> so there's a, there okay there are details i'm not sharing but <laughs> I, I i can hear that there are details you're not sharing okay <laughs> because most relationships do get to this point where it's like okay are we are we coupling or are we not coupling yeah yeah it, it, yeah yeah so that yeah that's not quite um you're not ready to share that in part not, time. Yeah, I, right. I sense that. Yes. That's right. That's right. I, I, I definitely have my expertise and this part is not part of it. <laughs> okay, cool. We, we can totally accept that. So tell me, how did this relationship become a portal for you into your spiritual side again? Oh my gosh, absolutely. I think until I really recognize that sex is spiritual, that you can you can experience sex in um, when you really become present, when you really get into your body um, and you and you decide, wait, the all the stuff just clouding up my thoughts, I'm gonna okay, let's let's bring it back to present. What's yeah. happening in my skin? Where it's am I feeling unnecessary the thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's a mindfulness exercise almost. Except Absolutely. exercise kind of takes the, what I want to say, the joy and the wonder and the mystery out of it. But it's, it is, it's about being so present. And when you can arrive at so present, you don't worry about what do I look like or the vulnerability or any of that. That's right. That's right. You are just enjoying and you cannot get pleasure out of the experience if your mind is elsewhere. It's it does become a task. It does become a chore because you are not experiencing it. Yeah, just your you body. are not present. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that, yeah, that was a huge transformer, uh, transformative for me around sex, around our relationship, and in my heart, really. I mean, I was a, I was a broken woman, um, and I'm so grateful that God used 
Darrow to really heal so much of my my heart through his wanting me to feel safe, known, and wholeheartedly cherished. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, we are already up on our second break. Can you believe that? Oh, my goodness. And I still have so many questions for you, like, how do you know it's the right one? (laughs) (laughs) How do you know if the one you're with can be salvaged? These sorts of things. So if you're out there in listener land, I would encourage you to hang with us as we're going through the break here. And I don't have a specific exercise for you on this break. I'm going to leave it open to you to explore whatever has popped up for you in this last 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, Spend some time exploring that and we'll be right back. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Leave a quick voice message at 520-261-6827 and let me know. How has the show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That number, 520-261-6827. Thank you so much for your feedback. It's crucial in informing where I take the show next. Thank you, and go out and live soul first. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Do you feel you have a bigger life's purpose than you're currently living? Of course you do. Activate your passion as you tune in to Sovereign Self with host Sophia Renea Morales. Become the conscious creator of your own life. Connect with your most powerful and purposeful self in order to make big things happen for you now. Sophia and her guests are doing this every day and are sharing how you can step into this power too. Listen to Sovereign Self every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sofia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I'm still here with Bella Rose. And we discussed a bunch of things over that center section that were juicy and impactful and profound in a lot of ways. Um, but I had two questions that I'd particularly like you address you to address. How do you know when you found the right one? I'm going to use air quotes around that because I don't know that there's just one, but there's always in my mind, a compatible match who will be just a joy to partner with. Yes. 
So let's start with that one and then we'll go to, can I salvage the one I'm with? Because <laughs> these are two different people at two different stages. I think it's a great question. So yeah, let's assume the first one is not in a, you know, marriage. Yeah, is exactly. Is that a good assumption? Okay. Yeah, this is, this is I'm, I'm single and sexy and feeling myself and I want a partner. Yes. And so I think that an exercise to really recognize your values before um, you fall in love with a person, like have a list of what values matter most to you. Is it having a hard work ethic? Is it being loyal? Is it being faithful? Is it um, being kind and generous? Um, And then have the absolutely focused, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. Yes. And get a list of 20 of them at least. Um, get really clear. And then the ones that you absolutely will not tolerate again, especially the ones that you... <laughs> yeah, if you've gotten again, you don't want to repeat, right? <laughs> and the problem is so often we train our psyche to notice things that we're used to. And so we fall in love with the same kind of person over and over, over and over and again. Over again, because they feel familiar. Yes. I, I was reading a book the other day. They're like, beware of the, this guy feels familiar because if you came from a dysfunctional family, if you had a past marriage or relationship that did not work out, feels familiar should be a bad sign. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I would say get really intentional because certainly there are aspects of every family and every relationship. There are aspects that, you know, you, the person listening, you are not stupid. There are things that you liked about that person initially, or even throughout that, you know, I even think about, there are some aspects of that first marriage that I, there are things I learned. There are things that were good. Um, So don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, but recognize the qualities that you will not tolerate again, write those down. Um, And so before you ever fall in love with someone, and hopefully before you ever sleep with them too, you've already got it figured out in your head. um, They're not right for me. Or, hey, I can see some potential here because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah, exactly. I love that. So moving to the next question. Yes. Assuming we are in a relationship that we've invested in for quite some time, uh, assuming that we did see some beautiful things about them at the beginning, how do we know if it's time to cut bait or to just change our tactics? Yes, yes. I think the first thing to question, um, and I would, if I were talking to you one-on-one with this person, I would say, uh, first of all, what's at stake in this particular relationship? If it's, you know, you guys have been going steady a couple months and it's really not a big deal if you're like, ah, I don't think I'm feeling it. I did that value exercise. It's not going to work out. Move on. Yeah. Just move on. Maybe it's a month you or a year you've invested, but you you did that values exercise, not going to work. Move on. If this is someone that uh, you either are married or have a marital type relationship where it's been a long term, you're yeah, already been cohabitating for six or seven years and yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Families involved or step parenting type relationships are involved. That's something I want you to really take a second look at and to yeah. say, you know what, you guys might have entered into a culture in your relationship. And I'm just going to say marriage because you're in that. Yeah. that, that it's, it's effectively a marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, yeah. In, in whatever. Um, but the culture of your marriage has become such that it's very unhealthy, but it doesn't mean the humans involved in a bad culture 
are bad are, people, are bad people or yeah. unchangeable. It's right. just you've gotten into a pattern of bad behavior towards each other. And it seems like forever they're going to be bad to you. Yeah, exactly. I know sometimes it deteriorates to the point where it's like, I can't even breathe right when I'm in the same room. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I have definitely had cl- clients in that, like, that it just gets so heavy when I'm nearby them and the anxiety, I feel it in my body. Um, and so, I, as, as interesting as that feels so often as, as spiritual people, we're like, we're so energetically aware, you know, yeah, and so we're like, that it's energy. so intense sometimes. Yes, yes. One thing I have noticed is with my work, the very first thing I do and ask people is to, um, is to get a vision of what you would like your relationship to look like. And, and why that's important is because if you can give yourself a picture of this person being the one that smiles when you enter the door and they're good to your kids and maybe, maybe it's mutual kids or, um, and, and they light you up, you're lit up, they're lit up. You, you have incredible intimacy. You're playful and fun. Just what you were talking about earlier. Um, if you can get that and then recognize that um, there's going to be some work to get there from where you are here. And the first thing, um, if you're committed to that 10 out of 10, um, to that vision for the, for the reason of your kids, for the reason of um, your family members, your extended family, for the reason of for just the reason not- of your own personal soul, <laughs> your own personal yes. soul, yes, your own joy, your own enjoyment of life. Um, but the first thing I ask everyone to do in all my programs is a really serious forgiveness exercise. Um, oh, yeah. Because, Tell me about it. <laughs> yes, it's really so. So here it is. First, second, third. I'll just walk you through it. The first thing is to write down everything you're holding against your spouse. Every single thing from, from you know, he always expects me to pick up the kids every day from school, you know, or he leaves his boxers in the middle of the bathroom every day. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. All the way to the big, horrific, terrible things, all of it, put it all yeah, down. Exactly. Um, he didn't support me the way I needed him to after my miscarriage. Yes. Yes. Huge. Exactly. And um, because the thing that happens with the things we're holding against our spouse is it, it's like uh, the little things are like little pebbles uh, that you've got in your backpack the bigger things are like rocks that you've got in your backpack. And the huge things that you just talked about are like boulders that you're carrying around. So you're carrying all of this huge, heavy weight around every and time you see your spouse. why you can't be light and playful and engaged. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No wonder you're exhausted and frustrated and angry every time you see him or see her. And so get all those things down on paper. And then, you know, I've got a specific, um, you know, audio recruiting to go through, but all you have to do really is get with some peaceful music, sit quietly by yourself and really ask God or whatever your spiritual discipline is, ask him to, to let you let these go and to recognize that they're harming you by keeping all of this woundedness. It's harming you. It's poisonous to you. And so, if you can let those go and ask God to help you and do this meditation multiple times to let them go. And every time you do it, it's going to get a little lighter, 
a little lighter, and this is a process. And you look at your list, and when you see, okay, that one doesn't hurt anymore. Okay, that one doesn't prickle anymore. You don't talk about those anymore, but actually have a conversation out loud of, help me to let this go. And you say it out loud, this thing, it harmed me, it hurt me, but help me to just let this go. And yeah, be committed to help this Help me to pull this particular thorn out of my heart. Yes. yes. That's a beautiful way to say it. Yes. And it's a process that you have to be committed to um, is the first thing. But have that vision of what do I want this marriage to look like um, and the worth. And it's worth it to my kids. It's worth it to yeah. myself. It's worth it for all these things. But forgiveness is first. So, you know, I could sit through, you, you could sit through oh. every... Yeah. Every talk, everywhere to say all the tools, all the skills, all the stuff. But if you don't start with giving this person a blank slate in your heart, you cannot move forward with healing this relationship. Yeah. What What do you do if it's like ongoing serial offense, though? I mean, because some... Not everyone has goodwill and good intention and wants to save the marriage. Yes. What, what do you do if it's, okay, I forgived it, I released it, and then a week later he comes back and hits me with the same thing again? Yes, yes. I think that is a very important thing to be reflecting on. Um, you know, it, it's so hard in the middle of pain um, to see things objectively. Um, there are times that I see good men do stupid things and the wives are hurt. And, and I, I would be if I were in their shoes too. And yet I hope and wish she could go through the forgiveness in order to see that he was in pain when he did that stupid thing, he yeah. was not respected. There was no sexual intimacy. There was, uh, he felt like a loser every time he yeah. came into his home. And so, yeah, when the, you know, unfortunately some terrible thing happened. So who's, whose sin, as I call it, whose sin is worse. Yeah. He was harmed in this way. You were harmed in this way. So both people are being harmed in their marriage. Yeah. Um, and both people actually need to, be doing the same exercise, really. Really? Yeah. Yes. Because he feels justified and yes. so do you, right? <laughs> and, and it's wrong. It's both parties are wrong in that. So here's the thing, you, you know, a simple answer to a very hard question, right? Um, <laughs> is, uh, is that who's going who's gonna to stop the stalemate? Who's going to say, listen, you don't deserve grace, but I'm going to give it to you. Yeah, you know, who's exactly. going to start with that? Um, certainly, there's opportunity for boundaries if things are be like if there's abuse, if there's um, you know different levels. There's a great merit, a great book called um, Boundaries in Marriage. Boundaries are important, but sometimes it needs there needs to be a level of healing through grace that cannot happen uh, with a bunch of well, these are all the um, it, it just their healing cannot happen. Um, without, without forgiveness in my work. Yeah, yeah I, and I think that's fair. Um, there are a lot of myths that go around that, but I'm not going to go into that because we're getting way down to the end of our thing. And I think we, <laughs> what we need to do is just another interview. 
(laughs) (laughs) to dig into where this is going. Uh, But I know you brought a gift with you for the guests today. Would you like to share what your gift is? Yes, thank you. I would love to. So I find that the best thing to do is really uh, trainings. Um, And that's what I do. I train husbands separately than wives. And I I don't work with couples together because I think that husbands need to learn how to love their wives and wives need to learn how to love their husbands. And that's the problem. We're different humans and we don't know how to love each other well. Um, So that's what I have. I have a free masterclass either for wives or either for husbands. So you can go to Delight Your Marriage dot com slash masterclass and yes. i have and heard if you and yes. if you did not catch that you can always find her stuff at sovereign self dot media that's where all of the speaker gifts go she'll be up at the top of the page and all of her contact information will be there along with the link to choose the masterclass of your chosen sex <laughs> <laughs> thank you yes beautiful thank you so much for joining us today bella Thank you. This was absolutely wonderful. And I so appreciate it. Oh, and I, I'm not kidding about wanting to have you back because <laughs> there is so much deeper we can go with this. Uh, and I would like to thank everyone who joined us here today. I've been asked there from various people, how can we support the show? You know, what's the best thing we can do to keep the show going? And I have come up with five different ways that you can support the show. Uh, and you can go to sovereignself.fans, sovereignselffans.com. There we go. Sovereignselffans.com. And you can pick one of the five ways. And they're very simple. Each one, reach one. Share the show. If you enjoyed it, share it with someone you love, care about, who might be interested in it. Uh, send me a compliment or a comment on the show material or the speakers that we've had. Financial appreciation is always welcome. There is an option for that. There is a place to submit topics that you would like to see or guests that you would like to have on the show. So those are the five ways. Go to SovereignSelfFans.com. And until next week, go out and live soul first. Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Please join host Sophia Renea Morales again next week, right here.